Welcome back to Yes Longevity Podcast. We give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. I am Chris Borda, owner of Yes Fitness, coming to you today from the coaching center on this beautiful fall Tuesday afternoon. I want to thank you for taking time from your busy day to sit and listen to what I have to say. Before I get started, I'd like to just talk a little bit about something that we have going on around here. We have our COVID cleanup challenge going on. COVID-19 affected our lives in many different ways, and some things that really have affected our health is lack of exercise, lack of movement in general, poor nutrition, just sitting around, nothing to do, eating out of boredom, eating out of stress, increase in stress, being home with people that we've not been long been home with for a long time, all day long, so stress levels are up. And these are all things that have put on what we call the COVID-15 or that extra 15 pounds that we didn't have back at the beginning of March. So what we're doing, we're putting together a little COVID cleanup challenge. It's clean up all those bad habits that have just come upon us, not for any particular reason, not of anyone's fault. It's happened and nothing we can do about it before, but now we can try to do something about it now. So in our challenge, you can come on board with us. It's a six-week challenge. We're going to work on your nutrition, your exercise, your sleep habits, your hydration, your stress, all those kind of things. And you may even win a free membership to Yes Fitness. A year's membership to Yes Fitness is on the line right now, plus some cash prizes. So if you're interested in something new like that, there'll be a link below this um, this podcast or above this podcast, however that works on Facebook, I forget. Or give us a call at 860-673-4293. Email us or walk through our door, whatever. However it is you'd like to get a hold of us, get a hold of us. And we'd love to have you on board for our COVID cleanup challenge. It's just to get people back on track, schools back. Hey, this is the way life is going to be for a while. So let's start taking things into our hands rather than letting all those consequences of the COVID pandemic bring us down. So what I'd like to talk about today is sleep. I've talked about sleep before, um, but something came up recently I was thinking about. So I thought I would just try to address sleep again and sleep habits and something that can affect our sleep we may not have known about. And that's what we eat when we eat. So just to start off, um, I hear this all the time. You can sleep enough when you're dead. And that's just a real modern day misconception. Sleep is important and we are gonna sleep when we're dead. It's all over when we're dead, but you can't have that mindset there. We need sleep and it's really important. And science has been gathering steam, improving that what should have been intuitive for all this time is that our bodies didn't evolve to waste time. It's it evolved. And when we're sleeping, it's important our brains are working and our bodies are actively repairing itself. So please sleep this is very, very important. And you know, it's starting to make a little bit of a social impact here. People are starting to think about sleeping a little bit more, starting to take sleep as more of a priority. But I wanted to talk about a little bit more. Um, it's something that you might not know or realize about sleep and some of your habits that's causing you not to sleep well enough and which could be causing your longevity. So. You may not have realized this or not, but there's just a natural shift in our circadian rhythm as we age, okay? So we started out at birth, and when we're born, we don't have an established circadian rhythm, okay? It's not there yet. The body hasn't a chance to, uh, to establish that or, or our chronotype to influence our body 
because our systems and our brain need to do that a little bit later. Right now, the body, when the babies are born, their body needs to prioritize growth, okay? And they need to do that with sleep, eat, nap, eat, sleep, nap, repeat. And they can't just be worried about, the body at that time is not worried about developing that circadian rhythm. That's why babies are up all different times of the day, napping all different times of the day, because it's more about growth and development that it is about developing these sleep habits. So it takes a few months. We know that if you've had children, you know, it takes a little while and the babies begin to follow some kind of schedule and the sleep becomes much more predictable and a much more of a pattern. And this is when they, they individually start expressing their chronotype, okay? Kids, when they're younger, have the tendency to wake up a little bit earlier, right? until about puberty, about to the teenage years, and that's when the sex hormones start to increase, and they kind of push that internal clock later and later, and that's where we come with the stereotype that teenagers are lazy. But they're not really lazy, they're not inherently lazy. It's just the fact that they're, they're living in like a social jet lag all the time due to the mismatch of the bodies and the delay of their daily rhythm and their sleep with the early sleep times, the body wants to sleep later. It wants to get more sleep. And yet we having kids get up early, go to school. It really should be flip-flop. Those high school kids should be going to school a bit later. And the younger children should be going to school a bit early, but that's not my expertise. I don't know why they do it that or that way. It would just make more sense for the way the body performs. And it would actually help the teenagers to perform better and it would improve their health if they were able to do that. But again, that's a podcast for another time. I have no idea why this system is the way up in the setup it is. But once we get through our teenage years and through our 20s, once we're out of school, and that uh, our body's starting to no longer really develop anymore, okay? There's no longer that fluctuation period of development. And now we become adults, and our body's starting to develop its more natural patterns of sleep. Because there's no more rush of those hormones. We're not pushing that circadian rhythm later. And in our 30s, we start to take on a more closely approximating sleep patterns to our childhood or what our childhood schedule is like. But then as we age, it changes a little bit more. And then we get during our senior years, our eternal clock starts to struggle as we age. Sleeping and daily routines become more stressful as the joints age. As we age, it makes more difficult. We spend more time indoors especially in assisted living situations. This creates this vicious cycle where you're restless and awake all night due to physical inactivity rather than being active outside in the sun. But we're not getting outside and, and moving and doing the things that we need to do to keep that circadian rhythm in, in balance. So it kind of desynchronizes that circadian rhythm and it accelerates our aging, making it sleep less restorative and making us sleep poor sleep habits and then poor females have to go through the hot flashes so yeah our sleep habits get destroyed or messed up a little bit as we get a little bit older but we need to try to continue to think about sleeping and the importance of it so it's widely accepted that a baseline for adults is from seven to nine hours of sleep a night it depends on which study you look at but anywhere from half to two-thirds of Americans Okay, one half to two thirds of American adults, and not just American adults, but developed nations around the world are not getting enough sleep.
And if you think you can function on fewer than six hours, think again. Only about 5% of the population has a genetic mutation to be able to do so. So what happens is our brains are wired now to ignore signs of sleep deprivation. We don't even realize that we don't have enough sleep. And so many of us get used to insufficient sleep without feeling the damage of what it's doing to our bodies and the way we live. When you get enough quality sleep, here's some of the things that you get, okay, when you get enough quality sleep. You get enhanced immune system and disease resistance helping you live longer. Advanced immune system, right? Right now, advanced immune function is on everybody's mind with the COVID-19 virus out there. So get enough sleep, okay? Increased energy and strength so you feel and act more vibrant throughout the day. You have improved weight loss and blood glucose regulation, helping you lose fat, and it will actually improve your skin. So get some sleep. It's gonna help you actually look better. It's gonna help your skin look better. Um, you get an upgrade in coordination and flexibility, so you have fewer missteps and you can catch yourself when you do step. Sleep is actually a risk factor in, in fall prevention, so in falling. If you don't sleep well, it actually will affect your coordination and your balance. Boosted hormone levels, so you recover faster and improve your fertility, if anybody's thinking about that at the age of someone who's listening to this. Uh, you have increased focus and creativity, so you can perform better at a higher level. You have enhanced memory and ability to learn complex skills, helping you to retain what you do learn. And you have actually improved emotional regulation. We all know that when we get tired, we, don't, we get cranky, right? So we want to be able to stay cool under stress. So getting enough restorative sleep helps you keep your nerves, your hormones, your immune systems all in balance. Everything's in balance, and when you don't get enough sleep, it gets out of balance, and then we have this vicious cycle where the body doesn't perform, and it's not the way that it should be, right? So here's some things that, if you're not getting enough sleep, are going to happen. You're likely to develop disease and chronic ailments. You have increased risk for obesity, depression, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. You're sympathetic, or your flight and fight nervous system becomes overactive, pumping excess cortisol into your system. That just helps us gain fat, okay? Your primary healing resource, the human growth hormone, okay? Dramatically reduces its production when we don't get enough sleep. And your reproductive system is disrupted. So for a male example, testosterone levels decrease to the equivalent of a man who's 10 years older than them. Your time to physical exhaustion drops. You're gonna get tired faster. Your injury rate increases. Your tissue repair slows down. Your peak muscular strength, vertical jump, height, performance, running speed all decrease when we don't get enough sleep. Your probability for gaining weight, being overweight or developing type two diabetes increases. Your weight loss shifts from shedding valuable fat to muscle. Now you're losing muscle instead of fat. Your likelihood for overeating increases as hunger hormones level raise up. And um, your chances for gastrointestinal problems increase as well because you don't get the correct nutrient absorption. So these are all things that happen when we're not getting enough sleep, right? Your immune system is disrupt disrupted, so you're handicapped at reducing inflammation. Your brain 
accumulates toxins that impair the behavior and its judgment. Short-term memory and attention are reduced. Your ability to solve problems, be creative, all declines when we don't get enough sleep. So these are just some of the things. There are more, I wanna just go on and on. We get the point here, okay? Sleep is good, not enough sleep is not as good, right? Hopefully you've got enough sleep so this all sinks into you, so. But there's something that we do that we probably don't even realize impacts our ability to sleep. And that's what your eating habits are. Your eating habits impact how you sleep more than you actually realize. So we always thought about, let's not eat after dinner so that we can lose weight, cut our calories. Hey, I always hear from people, what are you doing? I'll ask them, what are you doing um, to help your, your, your nutrition, eating a little bit better, things like that. One of the first things everybody always says is, well, I'm not eating anything after dinner anymore. I should stop eating after dinner. Well, a couple things. The reality is that if this planned snack, if you have a planned snack after dinner, it actually may actually help you lose fat. But in the reverse here is that if you have a light meal or snacks can affect the time it takes for you to fall asleep. How well you sleep, your sleep efficiency, and even your REM, or your rapid eye movement, and your sleep numbers, and, and all that can be affected by eating a little bit later, okay? So the impact of late night meals goes back to our cave dwelling rooms, okay? Before modern times, humans hunted, and we ate during the day, and we rested at night, right? They had no TV, there was no light, they weren't reading books, they weren't doing anything, just resting at night. So over time, what happened was the body developed a network of internal clocks, including ones of our digestive system, that would be our stomach, our liver, our pancreas, to help us stay alert at biologically advantageous times of the day. So the body was taught to shut down at night and be active more during the day. So what happens when we go and chow down a late night burger or brownies or just any kind of snack, a bowl of ice cream, it, it confuses our internal clocks. It messes it all up. The one clocks in our brain sees that the sun is set and is getting ready for sleep. However, the clocks in our digestive system are kicking into high gear and actively starting to digest those foods. So at the very moment, both our clocks are, are against each other when we're trying to prepare for bed. The, the brain says, hey, let's get ready for bed. And the stomach says, no, let's go. We got to start digesting. And we're trying to ask our body to focus on two different activities at the same time that aren't designed to work that way. This splits your body between two tasks, and it struggles to do a great job at either one of them. We're not digesting well, and we're not sleeping well. So that late night snack, after dinner, whatever it might be, let's get that food in a little bit earlier. So what we wanna to try to do is avoid big meals close to bedtime. So the big meals elevate your metabolism and your resting heart rate before bed and ultimately harm your sleep. It's best to avoid heavy, carb-loaded meals three-plus hours before bedtime, giving your body time to digest. Let's let this stuff get digested so we can sleep. Got to make sure we cut down our midday caffeine. Be aware that effects of late afternoon cup of coffee can cause restless sleep and make it harder to fall asleep. Keep in mind soda, teas, chocolate, all of those may have caffeine in them, so they can disrupt your sleep pattern as well. And you want to really try to refrain from having wine as a sleep aid. While alcohol may help you relax before bed, too much can rob 
the highly valuable REM sleep. Once the F alcohol effect wears off, you're more likely to wake up through the night and have lighter sleep overall. Again, affecting your sleep pattern. So one thing to think about is a little trick here. Maybe you should try fasting. I mean, we all fast naturally when we sleep because we sleep when we go to, we finish dinner, whatever our snack is, we don't eat again until we get up in the morning. So that's what breaking breakfast means, breaking the fast. So maybe if we thought about stop eating after sunset, it's encouraging your body's natural sleep pattern by what's called the cars, circadian fasting. So when you go to bed on an empty stomach, okay, that internal clock, our digestive system, if we normally have snacks, right, is gonna start to work and it's gonna start to make noise, right? And you're gonna start to feel like you're hungry. And you're like, what am I doing here? I need to have the snack, I need to have the snack. But in our mind, what we wanna do is we wanna to try to overcome that. It's gonna take us three to seven days. It's gonna take us a week or so to overcome that, that feeling of being hungry when we go to bed until the body has adapted. And it will adapt to that over time. And what'll happen is you're gonna see improvement from your fasting and your body will be able to adjust, you'll be able to stick to it and you'll have a normal sleep pattern and you're probably going to sleep better. So yeah, the first time we do this, the stomach says, hey, I haven't eaten in a while and I need to eat now. And it's gonna grumble at you and you're gonna say, hey, hold off. This is what I wanna do, I'm not gonna eat. Okay, maybe have a glass of water, though you wanna drink too much because you don't wanna stay up all night. But um, yeah, think about doing a little short-term fasting. And in the long term, when you fast regularly, your new schedule, your new arc circadian rhythm will actually become more pronounced. It'll actually work better. And intermittent fasting can cause insulin levels to drop, okay? And it will increase our melatonin levels. And melatonin is the body's primary sleep promoting hormone that can help you fall asleep better and help you stay asleep longer. Hey, Lisa, what's going on? Sandy Pratt's tuned in. What's going on, Sandy? So fasting can also promote the release of the human growth hormone, right? One of your body's vital resources for repairing your body while we're sleeping. So keep that in mind. So we might kind of think about that little trick now. Try not to eat after dinner, not so much for weight loss, but maybe for our sleep patterns. And if we have better sleep patterns, we're going to be able to be more likely to lose that weight and keep the weight off. So think about that kind of stuff. Okay, start paying attention to that. Just pay attention to the foods that we eat and when we're eating, and it may actually help improve your sleep pattern. So that's what I just wanted to talk about today. I want to talk about foods and eating before dinner. I mean, pardon me, before you sleep, try to stay away from that. It's going to help you sleep. It's going to help you perform better. It's going to help your body live longer, and it's going to make your day better. So that's what I got for you. I hope you might try to think about this, get a little bit more aware of it. Maybe start taking some notes on it, see if you have some kind of pattern to when you sleep well and when you don't sleep as well. And maybe it has something to do with your eat. If I do and this helps you, I'll be happy. So that's it for today. I want to thank you again for taking the time from your busy day to listen to me, what I have to say. And you look for more tips from us down here at Yes Fitness next Tuesday where we help you get insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Thanks for watching.